Hello and welcome to another episode of the A-Line Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. I uh, hope you're having a great summer. Racing's pretty much wrapped up, so maybe you're getting ready for cross or you're having a bit of a holiday. Maybe you're sat like listening to this next to a pool or something. Who knows? But yeah, I hope you're having a great time either way. Um, thanks for tuning in. This is like a cross-country mountain bike dedicated podcast. We speak to elite athletes, uh, mechanics, coaches, all their like support network basically to just try and find out what makes them tick and help or entertain you and help you get a little bit faster and have a little bit more fun on your mountain bike as well so yeah don't forget to subscribe on your podcast app of choice share it on instagram and stuff and tell your mates because it'll help the podcast grow and have to reach more people um so before we get stuck into this week's episode we have a listener question so it's quite funny actually because it's what's your background slash who are you um so that is as aimed at me um i'm the host my name is ashley delotts um, in essence, I'm a, I'm a former triathlete turned cross-country racer uh, who was sick of there being no XC podcast out there. So I decided to start one, and here we are. It's been it's been a fair few episodes now, uh, like 23, maybe 24. Um, and it's going great. People are still listening, and it's getting a lot of support. So thank you so much, because there wouldn't be much point, would there, if no one was listening? I mean, it is good fun. Um, so that's the main reason I do it, just, just for fun, really. But yeah, that's who I am. So it's actually quite a funny question, because... As it sits, I'm going to be promoted up to elite next year um, if the rankings don't change too much. So um, I I may be a guest um, or find someone to interview me and I'll be a guest. So you'll find out a lot more about me if that happens. If it doesn't happen, then no worries. Maybe we'll just do a, a special episode of like Get to know the Host or something. But yeah, so that's that's kind of my background. I have no media training, as you can probably tell. <laughs> um, but yeah, all will be revealed hopefully, if I um, get promoted to Elite and we'll do a full episode on it. Don't forget, it's the A-Line Podcast end of season party coming up in September, the 2nd of September. It's a Saturday um, at Swindley Forest. It's totally free to attend. Please register though using the Eventbrite link. You can find it on, on Instagram. Um, if you have any issues with that, just DM me and I'll, I'll send you a link directly. But yeah, it's just a fun way for us to get out, fans, friends of the show, guests, anyone really, I just go for a spin for a few hours in the woods. Um, yeah, and we'll just have fun really to celebrate a successful mountain bike season. Uh, no worries if you can't make it because some of you are getting ready for cross and things, but if you can make it, it'd be great to see you there. So don't forget to tell your mates about that one as well. But without further ado, we'll get stuck into this week's episode. So this week I speak to Simon Wiley, who's a fantastic athlete. Um, he's a multidiscipline athlete, so he's not a pure mountain bike racer, but he's, in, yeah, he's just incredibly talented. You can, he races fixies, he races um, cyclocross, mountain bike, all sorts, and he, he smashes them all, crits, everything. So yeah, there's a lot of, um, just a lot of good insight really into Simon and how he balances all these different disciplines. So hopefully there's something in there for everyone. I, I learned a lot, so I hope you will too. Um, don't forget to follow Simon on his Instagram and things. The links are going to be in the show notes. So for now, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hi, Simon. Thanks for coming on the A-Line podcast, and a big welcome. Do you want to introduce yourself to the listeners? Hello, yeah. Uh, nice to be here. I'm Thanks. Simon Wiley, and I race everything. I do motion biking, cyclocross, big road, crits, and fixed gear crits as well. Awesome. Um, and I believe you ride for a team too. Uh, yes, I ride for the Team Spectra, team Spectra Cannondale. It's great. Do lots of off-road stuff, on-the-road stuff, all sorts. 
Amazing. Yeah, and obviously, well, not obviously, but we are we are more focused on the off-road stuff on this podcast, but it is great to hear about the diverse skill set you have because mixing it up is how to keep it fresh and fun, isn't it, at the end of the day? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Uh, I just, I can't be, I can't, doing one thing is quite boring, so I like to mix it all up, do everything. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree. I totally agree. Variety is the spice of life, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, before we get stuck into the podcast proper video, we'll grab your virtual coffee stop order. Um, so imagine we're out for a spin, mountain biking, of course, um, <laughs> but we stop off to get some, some fuel. What what are you typically ordering? Uh, so I'm not, I don't drink hot drinks, really. So okay. they're out of the picture. So yeah. I usually just fill my bottles up and then I love a Victoria sponge cake. Nice. They are amazing. They're just so good. They're classic, but they're, just, they're faultless. Nice. That's that's a strong choice. I mean, the big question is, though, do you have strawberry or raspberry jam in the middle? Oh, strawberry. With okay. strawberries on top as well. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's a strong opinion. I like it. You're... Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. And then... You more you said you're not really a hot drink man. Are you just getting water or are you getting like a can of coke or what do you fancy? Uh just water really, yeah. Yeah. Nice and simple. <laughs> I like simple it. man. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Quality though is, is king, isn't it, sometimes, you know, rather than making it complicated. Absolutely, yeah. It's like vanilla ice cream is the connoisseur's choice because you can taste the quality of the cream. <laughs> yes. But then it's quite yeah standard not very adventurous <laughs> no no that's true that's true but well at least it's we've good. got our yeah we've got our like our virtual beverages and snacks sorted so i guess we'll we'll get stuck in um because i understand recently you you had your first elite cross-country podium but let's wind things back to how how it all started uh how it started uh i think so I've always been riding a bike as a family, uh, but then I think London 2012 was quite, well, big for everything in the UK. Uh, but that really inspired me to start doing it more. And then a local tri club came into school one day and offered us to have a go at a bit of running and whatever. Uh, so I went along to that, enjoyed it a bit. So then I joined the local tri club, uh, went along there for a few years, and then the there was a open day, family day, whatever at Isla Bikes. So I went along to that with my mum, and I saw a cyclocross bike, and I really, really liked it. I really wanted one. And then, because we know the owner, we came up with a deal that I could have one if I went along to a race. So I went along to a race with the bike, absolutely loved it, and carried on doing that. And then I joined Hells Owen Cycling Club because I fancied giving track cycling a go. So off we went up to Hell's Owen to go on the track there. That was good fun. Uh, but then 
just got a bit boring just running around in circles so <laughs> yeah <laughs> stopped doing that and then really focused more on the off-road stuff so i'm mainly a cyclocross rider and then a bit of mountain biking in the summer uh yeah nice no, that sounds good. It sounds like a nice evolution into the sport. You didn't fancy triathlon then? Mm, I'm not particularly too keen on swimming. Yeah. Um, I have done a couple of duathlons though. Okay. They've, they've yeah. been quite good fun. But I'm not fantastic at running. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean that's so, that uh, fair enough. <laughs> make it a fool in the cycling. Yeah. No, it's good. It's good to focus on one thing sometimes. And, well, you can still have a variety in cycling, like we've already said, but at what at what point did you go from then just starting cycling, giving a few things a bash to be like, oh, I'm going to take this a bit more seriously and give it a bit of a punt and say train and things like that? At what point did that happen? Uh, so I'd always ridden my bike as and when I wanted when I was younger. And then... Uh, so I only really started doing national mountain biking when I was a second year youth, I think. Okay. In 2018, I think. Uh, but before that, I just did cyclocross. Yeah. And I think I started getting more serious when I was a second year under 16 so 17 18 because the year before that i came 12th at the national championship so i thought oh i was the third first year here so perhaps if i train really hard i might just be able to do really well as a second year yeah and i did uh and then going into juniors i just kept doing the same thing and it has worked out so far quite well amazing and when you say you, you trained really hard did you like hire a coach and things or was it all just say from a textbook or a parent or something got always making it up as you went like what were you what are you doing uh so i had isla roundtree coaching me as a second year and 16 through to just a few years ago and then she's now more of a mentor okay uh, so i'm now sort of doing my own thing again but with help from isla yeah 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 that's, that's a good way to a few people have said that that have come on the show they have like a um, a mentor to keep them on the straight and narrow as it were rather than being mm. dictated to oh yeah yeah i think it's the best way because then you're still keeping it fun and i think yeah. as soon as it's not becoming fun then there's not really any point in doing it because it then becomes a chore and then it's not really, yeah, it's not much point. Yeah, exactly. Unless it's fun or it's like going to pay off the mortgage, there's no point in doing either thing, is there in life? So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and at this level, it's not paying anything. <laughs> it's just costing lots. <laughs> Well, no, you're in, you're in quite a good position on the team and things, which is, which, which we'll get into later, I guess. But um, it's, um, have there been any 
highs and lows along your journey, as it were, then, like going up through the ranks and the age groups and whatnot? Uh, absolutely, yeah. So I think the first high was probably winning national cyclocross champs under 16. Uh, it's very cross heavy because that's mainly what I do. Uh, and then first year junior, I went along to competing in quite a few World Cups, cyclocross World Cups, yeah, and European champs and and world champs as a first year. So that was a really big year for me. Uh, and then obviously first national UCI mountain bike podium at round two, three of the national mountain bike series this year. That was quite a big result for me because I wouldn't really count myself as a mountain biker Mm -hmm. because I just, I do a bit of everything. So I'm really specializing too much. Um, And I came 15th at the second round so to come fifth at the next round was well completely unexpected uh i think a low is probably not getting selected for the world champ cross world champs as a second year junior that was really quite hard because i believed i should have gone but it is what it is yeah so no, yeah. that's fair enough. I mean, you say you're not a mountain biker, but like a lot of people would say Tom Pidcock isn't a mountain biker and he, he does quite well. So <laughs> there's, there's hope, you know? Like, <laughs> that's very true, yes. <laughs> and um, that's interesting what you mentioned about world champs. Um, is there, Did you just say like not get the results you quite wanted or was it literally just due to the, the um, selection that you didn't get picked, if that makes sense? Uh. Yeah, I think it was due to the selection. Uh, I was, for the selection race, I was in within the selection criteria. Yep. But I don't really know what happened. I just wasn't selected. But, yeah, yeah no, as no. I said, it, it was what it was. Yeah, it's always a bit of a funny one, isn't it? Um, selection and things. It's uh, half an art, half a science. So you can't really, you're not really um, sure until you actually get picked, are you, in some of those yeah. situations? definitely yeah but um no it sounds there's, there's been no um no big lows then like no no big injuries or anything like that in particular that, that stand up uh not really no touch wood well, that's no good. That's massive nice. injuries <laughs> <laughs> awesome no, that, that's really good to hear um and like you say you had a, a strong um mountain bike season this year really so for the listeners in terms of how old are you now? Is this your first year racing elite? Or No, so I'm 21. I turned okay. 21 last Wednesday, so the 17th of May. Oh, uh, so I'm a third year under 23. Yep, okay. So not, not got too much longer left until I'm a proper elite. That's quite yeah. scary. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. But it's a good stepping stone to have the under 23 opportunities and be able to race with the elite boys um, as like a, uh, a learning exercise, if that makes sense. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And 
most of the under twenty, uh, most of the elite podiums are made up of mostly under twenty threes anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> it's not too different, I don't think. <laughs> no, no. Have you noticed any big change coming out of junior and going into under twenty three? Uh, well, as a junior on the mountain bike, I wasn't particularly very good. So I've not noticed too much change from that. Uh, but in cross, I think it's a lot faster and people have a more level head, more level head. So you haven't got absolute muppets doing silly moves, trying to overtake you for a place which doesn't really matter. Yeah. Yeah, or going flat out at the start and blowing up two laps in or something like that. <laughs> That's oh, the classic that. junior move. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I haven't grown up too much. <laughs> no, still a bit to learn. <laughs> no, that, that's really interesting. And then I guess, how did the the um, the Candel um, Spectra like factory um, team thing come about? Uh, so I was actually doing a circuit race around uh what's it called darling moor uh in 2021 and they were looking for a guest rider to do the tour series crit series yep. at the end of that summer and then i got approached asking if whether i wanted to do it and i was like yeah, yeah of course i do love <laughs> to yeah uh so i went along to that Tested for them and then continue riding for them ever since then. Fantastic! That's that's really good. And they, are they quite supportive of like the multi-discipline approach you take? Oh, hugely, yeah. So, uh, um, yeah, yeah, they are. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, that was that wasn't very good. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. So yeah. we went, we went out to Belgium for a few races over Christmas period, mm-hmm. which was fully supported by the team. Uh, we've been out to Ireland with the team. Uh, yeah, done a few gravel races with them. It's been fantastic. Nice. Yeah, that sounds really good. That, sound, that sounds good. And a lot of people have the impression that under-23s and elites are like full-time bike riders and getting paid and things, but is that the case of you, or are you doing other things on the side as well to fund your racing? And That's absolutely not the case. <laughs> uh, I work full-time, uh, Monday to Friday, uh, building bikes at Isla Bikes. Um, nice. Yeah, it's good there. I've been doing that since... The first lockdown, when okay. there was a huge, you know, everybody wanted to buy a bike. Yep. So the whole bike industry was on its knees, trying to give everybody bikes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I got recruited then, and I've been working full time ever since. Fantastic. I mean, it's a good way to pay the bills still, working on bikes, even if you don't get paid to ride them. So, yeah, that's great. Oh, yes. Still living the dream. May, yeah. not, be riding full, may, may not be riding my bike full-time, but working with bikes full-time. Yeah, definitely. And 
I guess a, a follow-on question is, what um, are there any challenges you find in trying to juggle all these disciplines? Um, and how how does it like say because you're you're good at a lot of them? Um, so it's how do you decide which races to prioritize and, and things like that? It must be quite a nice dilemma to have. Uh, well, I tend to just look at a calendar, see what races look fun, what races I'd like to try if I've not done one before, yeah, and go off that really. Okay. Uh, so early in the year, there was a fixie race in Berlin called Rad Race. Yeah. And I'd done it last year and had an amazing time. Such a good atmosphere racing there. And it was sort of a mixture of track racing and just lunacy. Uh, because. <laughs> You're on a fixed gear bike, so a track bike, on an indoor go-kart track. And then nice. you're in heats of eight with one rider being eliminated every other lap. Oh, uh, yeah. So, yeah, uh, you go from eight down to four. And then till you get to the last round... And you've got eight, and then you go down to one rider to the last man standing. Okay. And that was a race that I really wanted to do again. So I did it again. Nice. <laughs> it does. It sounds like carnage, but in a good way. Sounds like good fun. Oh, yeah. Loads of crashes. But then, because you're not going too fast, they don't really hurt too much. Yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. Because you just, you've, not got, you've not got the speed behind you. Because you're yeah. turning the whole time. And uh, it doesn't yeah. require much fitness. Okay. And I guess because um, it's like that polished tarmac on a go-kart track, isn't it? You don't leave too much skin behind as well if you do crash. Oh, yeah. There's tons of grip as well because you've got the rubber from the go-kart tyres, which is oh, left okay. on the track. Yeah, yeah. So then when you're going around on your bike, you, you've just got so much grip that you can get, like, go sideways. <laughs> <laughs> go sideways, leaning over. <laughs> yeah. Oh, as long as you don't strike good, your man. pedals. <laughs> amazing so what um how is this year going and how is it looking for the rest of the year uh this year i've not been racing tons actually uh so i've done i missed the first national mountain bike because i was over in berlin doing that race and then i've been doing i've done a couple of road races but I've decided road racing is just too boring. So I don't really want to do that anymore. <laughs> uh, and then crit racing. I've done, I think, one crit. Uh, that was in Warwick, where I came second. That was a lot of fun. Uh, I'm planning on doing the rest of the Mountain Bike Nationals, I think. I'm currently undecided as to whether I'll do Canuck or not. Uh, well, we'll see closer to the time mm -hmm. uh, and then later in the year when it's the world champs I really want to get to the marathon champs and do that yeah. because well it's a home home worlds and I think it would be such a good experience and then it'll be into the cross season yeah. final year yeah. under 23 for that 
Oh, that, that'd be good. And to get the the marathon selection, are you just going to hit UK marathon champs or are you going to go do some of the marathon world cups to get a result? How are you going to play it, do you think? Uh, I'm just going to go to marathon champs and cool. hope for the best. <laughs> nice, nice. Hopefully you leave a good impression. Yeah, no, that's a good way to do it at the end of the day, isn't it? How It's interesting you mentioned um, not doing Canuck. Is that because you don't like the course and things or you're just busy doing something else or because um, it's quite close to you i believe isn't it yeah yeah it's only about an hour away from me yeah but there's a another fixie race in berlin yeah. that same day which is it looks mega so it's follows the berlin marathon route but it's completely closed roads and everybody's on a track bike so no brakes oh. one gear um then it looks carnage and i love that yeah that that sounds pretty wild i mean rather you than me but yeah it um it does sound fun <laughs> at the same time <laughs> is that the red hook series or similar uh no so red hook crit stopped in 2019 i think oh really uh oh. i believe some people are trying to get it to come back mm-hmm. but no this is a completely different race Different organisers. Uh, yeah. No, fair. Well, it's, it sounds good. I'm sure it'll be fun. Um, there's a good excuse for not, not hitting Canuck, so we'll let you off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, that, that's, um, that's a really interesting like story of, of where you've come from and how you've got to where you are now and and uh, sort of where you're going for the rest of this year, which is cool. Um, you mentioned having this your last year in under 23 cross are you making like an extra big effort or anything or just hitting it the same as always uh i think i'll definitely give it as big a hit as possible because yeah. well it's the last chance isn't it yeah although racing under 23 you're racing with all the elites anyway so the year after this won't really make too much difference i'll just be not in the under-23s, but I'll still be in the same race. A bit yeah. like in mountain biking. Uh, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, no, no that's, um, it's a good way to do it. Like we said earlier, it gets you the exposure, doesn't it, to racing with the big boys, even though you're not actually necessarily racking up against them. Yes, yeah, exactly. No, that, that's really good. And I guess that um, that quite nicely wraps up the, the, the main part of our interview your story as it were um and a bit about you so what we'll do now is we'll roll into the the set questions we ask everyone that comes on the show um and, and see what you think of those so first up we have um hits and shits so a hit would be something you really like about mountain biking um it can be the scene it can be the invention of dropper posts or it can be anything you like um and likewise the opposite is a shit obviously which is something you don't like so certain elements of the race scene or riding scene and tubeless tires i don't know so yeah like you can have you have as many as you want of each or just one of each if you're struggling (laughs) uh i think a shit has to be riding in the cold rain in the middle of winter it's just miserable (laughs) (laughs) But then, riding in the wet's fun, so it's a bit contradicting. Uh, yeah. And then, obviously, cleaning your bike afterwards it is a pain. 
because there's just so many small parts of the bike that you've got to try and get into. Yeah. Uh, and then hits. Uh, I think the sort of family community there is in the whole of cycling. I think it's just really nice and friendly and inviting. Cool. Like everybody will help anybody they see who needs it. Yeah. Uh, and there. Burning more calories means eating more yummy food like a lovely Victoria sponge. Nice. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good hit and a good shit. An interesting shit coming from someone that does a lot of cyclocross, cleaning bikes and getting muddy. <laughs> that, that's very true, yeah. <laughs> I haven't thought that through. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that's fair enough. Like, it's, it is a chore, isn't it? No matter which bike you're riding, I guess, at the end of the day. It would be nice yeah. to live somewhere sunny and dry but then you wouldn't have the fun with the wet it, it's like your um your first uh, elite national result that was quite a wet race wasn't it it was for the morning but then for the afternoon races well for the elite men's race there was only really one muddy slippy bit which was the first bit of single track and then the rest yeah. of it was fairly dry i think yeah, uh, yeah, you're right. So it, it sort of all the earlier races pushed all the moisture out. There was that like little valley bit as well, which was grassy and boggy, wasn't there before the final climb? But then, oh yeah, that yeah. was that was muddy, wasn't it? And yeah, there was the odd wet patch, I think. But the, the previous races definitely had it a lot worse, didn't they? Mm, yeah, <laughs> I've seen the photos from them. Biblical. <laughs> yeah, it was um, pretty grim. But no, that's that's some some good some good hits and shits, some we haven't had before. So I like that. Uh, the next question is, what is your like your best training session? So this can be well, you can have two if you want. You can have say the one that you enjoy the most and the one that does you the most good because they can be different. Or if they align, that's even better. So, uh, I think my favourite type is just riding with friends because yeah. well, it's the most fun bit. Yeah. Uh, and then I don't know if you can count this, but racing. Yeah. Right. Does racing count? I don't know, but yeah, I'd, I'd say, say that's, that's, you... I'd say that's training. Yeah, you Lots just might fun. do a sea race as a training race. Might need to bust the rust off and keep fresh, or you might do a different <laughs> discipline, like you say, like you might do a fixie race or crit race as part of your prep for a another race, I guess. Yeah. So. Uh, and then. Ooh. I think for an actual beneficial, well, I'll say beneficial, this is beneficial. Um, I think a four by five minute interval session, it's an okay. absolute killer, but it does absolute wonders. Nice. Okay. Um, for the for the listeners who maybe want to give it a try, what, what are we talking? Four by five minutes, like a FTP or at like 120% of FTP and... Uh, so it's four minutes easy. Well, not, f- not four minutes. Oh, yeah, it's four minutes easy, or however yeah. long you want easy. Uh, and then five minutes as hard as you can. Okay. But then, but obviously you've got to pace yourself because you've got to do it four times. Yeah. Wow. But, Sounds pretty spicy. <laughs> it's horrible. <laughs> yeah i can imagine do you, do you do it out on the turbo normally or outdoors or uh i tend to do it on the turbo yeah although 
I can't stand riding on the turbo. It's just yeah. so boring. Even if you're riding on Zwift or something, it's still it's still on the turbo. You're still not going anywhere. Yeah. Yeah, just I'd much rather be outside. Yeah. No, that, that's fair enough. Um, I thought the follow-on question is, you mentioned about how, say, races are good training, and because you do such a, a spectrum, like you're going from the, the short uh, fixie races right up to, to marathon champs, how do you juggle the huge differences in, like, distance? Because, like, cross-country and cyclocross, they're quite similar, aren't they, in terms of length-ish, compared to, say, marathon and the fixie race? Uh I probably jump it quite badly. I just <laughs> jump between bike. I jump between bikes and hope for the best. Okay. <laughs> it seems to be working quite well at the moment. Nice. I mean, sometimes that's the best way not to overthink it. And if you've got the raw talent and stuff, then you can just crack on, can't you? I don't know about the raw talent bit, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, that sounds good. And like like you said earlier, you've got to keep it fun. And if you're having fun, you normally go pretty fast, don't you? So, well, yeah, as uh, fun is fast. Yeah, a few people say that. That's for sure. No, that's um, that's really good training sessions. Um, I probably won't give that one a go, but if people do, let us know you get on. <laughs> uh, the next question: Can you finish the sentence? If I wasn't racing bikes, I'd be dot dot dot. It would have to be something that gives you a big adrenaline rush. Yeah. Uh, something I'd love to do is try skydiving. Okay. But I don't know whether... Is that really a hobby? I don't know. I mean, it's probably it's not usually a job, something that you, Well, I mean, you could do it as a job. You could well, be a, a skydiving yeah. instructor. That'd be good. Yeah. Yeah, that would be good. It'd be so. Is that is that why you ride bikes? You think for the for the buzz, as it were? Uh, yeah. And it's just fun, isn't it? Yeah. Like, yeah. Go out exploring. Yeah, but like for you, is the fun because some people the fun is like packing up their belongings and going cycling a hundred miles, sleeping under a hedge, and doing it again the next day for like a week. As, or as other people the, the idea of fun is going doing at the skate park a backflip or something like that yeah uh, I'd love to do a sort of a bike packing trip type thing so then yeah. that doesn't really equivalent equiv- what's the word equate, equate to yeah, skydiving <laughs> two very <laughs> different things so yeah, they, yeah. <laughs> exploring adventuring yeah. Okay. That's cool. No, it's um, interesting. Different ends of the spectrum, but different types of fun, I guess. Uh, right. The next question is, what would be your recommended best value upgrade to listeners? Like it can be a component or a service someone provides or it could be something as simple as buying a plane ticket to ride somewhere new like what what would be your best value upgrade uh, i think having a good saddle is an absolute Ooh. game changer because like if you're uncomfortable on your bike you're not going to enjoy it which means 
you won't do it. So then you can't improve. Yeah. Uh, lots of I people say, lots of people say that they would, wouldn't, like, a dropper post is a game changer for them. Well, I mean, it is. But for the majority of cross-country courses in the UK, I don't think they're necessary mm-hmm. because they're not really too technical. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I think a saddle. A saddle which fits and suits you properly. Yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree on the saddle. And it's a relatively cheap upgrade isn't it um compared to say buying a set of wheels or something like <laughs> um, yeah a saddle can be as expensive expensive as you want can't it yeah yeah exactly um it's all about finding the right one for you i guess yeah absolutely it's interesting what you say about a dropper because some people have said dropper on the show but yeah you are you are right that they're not the most technical courses over in the uk unfortunately um but i guess maybe you're tying back into the fun thing where you have more fun at a non-technical course if you have a dropper. <laughs> That's very true. And saying that, I've put a dropper post on my bike for Woody's this weekend. Oh, uh, yeah. Yep. But then that's... Yeah, that, that's there's lots of jumping now. I don't like jumping, so I need all the help I can get. Ah, uh, fair enough. Yeah, it's an interesting one, Woody's. I, I wouldn't say it's overly technical because it's so man-made, if that makes sense. And... There's, there's jumps, obviously, and there's the odd drop, but there's a few rock gardens that, from memory anyway, are just a case of if you set your bike up straight and let go of the brakes, you sort of just go through the middle of it and come out the other side, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Having to change lines and things like that and do advanced techniques, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, I'd agree with that, yeah. I think also partly, I'll put it back on, because last year I crashed and snapped my handlebars. Oh, nice. so I, don't, I don't want to do that again. <laughs> oh, mate. Yeah, that's a nightmare, that is. That's a bad day, out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Hopefully it goes better this time. But no, that's, that's <laughs> a good so. upgrade. That is a very good upgrade that we haven't had before. You spend a lot of time sat on your seat, so that's a very good one. Um, yeah. The next one, I mean, you've had some good nuggets already, but is there any advice you'd give to listeners say they're like the average racer like myself um yeah that you'd like to pass on uh i think like i said before if you're not enjoying it then there's not really any point in doing it yeah so finding a good group of people to ride with so you can have a laugh you can go out riding with them go to the pub afterwards, whatever. It it just makes cycling so much more fun. And yeah, that's a good yeah. point. I like that. Um, I guess, would you agree potentially, because some people may say be stuck in a bit of a riding rut, mountain biking wise, because they've got no one to go with or they've got a limited group to go out with and say times change, people might, might have a kid and stop riding for a bit or something. Would you say that trying different disciplines is a good way to sort of bust that rut. Absolutely, yeah. So just trying new things, can't go wrong, can it? You can always not do it again. Well, I say not do it again. You can always try not do that thing that you've tried again. Uh, And it just keeps things fresh, doesn't it? Keeps things fun and, again, enjoyable. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. I guess there's a lot of options nowadays to hire bikes, isn't there? So you can, say, try a different discipline before you go and take the plunge. And even if you do, the second-hand bike market's quite good, so you could probably get a bike off of eBay and put it straight back on there a week later if you really hated it. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> and trail centres have tons of bikes, don't they? Yeah. Always, uh, always go to trail centres, find new bikes, and try to egg them onto race. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Are you are you a fan of the e-bike? Have you got one in your collection or not? I, I've not got an e-bike, no. Uh, I keep trying to persuade my dad to get one, but he's adamant at the moment that he doesn't need one. Uh, okay. However much I try to persuade him. <laughs> so hopefully yeah. we'll have an e-bike, but not at the moment, no. No, no, that's fair. I mean, it could be another discipline for you to do. You could do the e-bike World Cup or something, perhaps, or World Champs. Yeah, that'd be good fun, wouldn't it? <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. But no, that's um, that's really good. You you've um, smashed through all of our questions. So I guess guess the final one to ask is where can people follow what you're up to? Um, is there any shout outs you want to give and thanks, etc., things like that? Uh, uh, you can follow me on Instagram at Simon underscore Wiley. Uh, and then, well, it's just so many people who have helped at the moment, but at the moment have helped. So I think, yeah, there's just too many people to name. Yeah. But thank no, you to everybody. Fine. Everyone that's helped. Ev- <laughs> that's everybody. Fine. You can't out that way. <laughs> but no, that's brilliant. I'll stick some um, links in the show notes to, to your, your account and things so people can give you a follow. But um, no, that's... That's great. Thank you again for your time and um, good luck racing. Don't don't break your handlebars. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> no worries. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the A-Line Podcast. Really enjoyed chatting to Simon and learning about the variety of disciplines he competes in. It sounds like a great way to have fun in the sport cycling and keep it fresh as well. Everyone knows when you're having the most fun is when you're going fastest. So yeah, definitely take a page out of Simon's book. But yeah, thank you so much again for tuning in. Share the podcast with your mates, um, whether that's on Instagram or telling them word of mouth, or if you need to bump into people on the trails, race season is pretty much done. So I won't probably see you guys until next year, unless you get yourself along to the AI podcast end of season ride. Um, yeah, little party ride, just like two, three hours in the Swingley Forest. There's an Eventbrite link, which is in Instagram, so make sure to click on that and register if you're going to come. Just with, It's free, but we're choosing the track numbers so we know how many people to expect and things. Um, but any questions, then just drop me a message on Instagram. So until next time, ride fun and ride fast.